You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. Hi, Garden City. I'm Jaylene. I still remember March 17th, 2020 very vividly. It was the day my role as a home visitor providing support for births to three-year-olds who are blind was moved entirely to a Zoom platform. I'm guessing you may have a similar memory of something changing drastically overnight. Could have been the loss of a job or a job move remote, your kids being switched to online school, not being able to see your grandparents or parents or community for a period of time, or losing a loved one. From this day on, there felt as though there was so much loss. These losses woke me up to realize the ways I had distracted myself no longer worked. The strategies of staying busy and being distracted with the screen of my phone to numb my sadness, my fear, and loneliness, it didn't work anymore. Anyone else tired, in need of a long nap, or a vacation? I want to offer a deep breath for the burnt out and tired. Here's an invitation to find rest within our rhythms of life and choose rest as resistance to our hurried and busied lifestyles. Prioritizing and intentionally making space for rest is actually biblical. In these next moments, we'll learn about one of the rhythms that Jesus practiced as a way to prioritize rest living in our current cultural moment. Tyler Staten once said, Anxiety is the soundtrack humming in the background of modern life. We've become so used to distractions, many of us find ourselves at baseline anxious. And resting only after we've emotionally or physically crashed isn't the rest that sustains and fills. I can imagine many of us are burnt out from life's responsibilities and expectations of ourselves and of others. Many of us may have deep desires for something more, but aren't sure where to start or what to do about these desires. Many of us may feel disconnected from God and friends or feel like we aren't able to be present because our minds are focused on other things. The hustle of this life was not how we were intended to live. We have become so busy that rest isn't a natural part of our routine anymore. We don't rest until we have to, and what we have used as rest really isn't the rest that heals us. Escaping from reality isn't rest. Let's read Jesus' famous words from Matthew 11, 28-30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus offers the rest we so deeply crave. Because our current culture requires us to move at such high speeds and be accessible nearly all of the time, we need more intentional moments when we can slow down. We miss out on more than just managing our stress levels when we don't rest. We miss out on the abundant life Jesus offers. When I don't rest, I don't love well. I am able to access the love of Jesus so much easier when I am rested. John Ortberg wrote, For many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. 
This statement scares me that I could settle for a mediocre life and not even realize it. Jesus shows us the solution isn't more time, it is slowing down our lives. One of the practices of Jesus that will help fight against restlessness and hurry is the Sabbath. The Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to stop, to stop working, wanting, and worrying. This word can also be translated to delight. The Sabbath is about stopping and delighting. The creation story in Genesis tells us that after God created the heavens and earth in six days, God himself rested. Creation was brought to completion on that seventh day of rest. Genesis 2, 1 through 3 tells us that when God created the Sabbath, he blessed it and made it holy. Later, God freed the Israelites from the Egyptians. Tim Mackey from the Bible Project teaches that as the Israelites were in the wilderness making their way to the promised land, God gave the gift of the Sabbath to allow the Israelites to live in that promised land even before arriving there. God told them that every seventh day they are to stop their work so they can rest and enjoy God's good world. This gift of stopping work to rest and delight is still a good gift for us today. Jesus in Mark 2, 27 said, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a gift to stop and delight that was designed by God for us. During 2020, with life changing suddenly, I noticed the deep fears and soul longings that came up from no longer being able to distract myself from these heavy emotions. I spent so much more time at home than I was used to, and it was during this time I began prioritizing practicing the Sabbath. To start, I committed to not using social media on Sundays. Over time, I began to create more boundaries to have space to stop and delight within this day each week. I started to look forward to the Sabbath as the repetitive weeks dragged on. For me, Sabbath became an acknowledged gift in my week. The Sabbath also honors our limits. On the Sabbath, we can take a rest from working, shopping, and worrying so that we can rest our bodies and our minds and souls. To stop and to delight on the Sabbath means that we have to trust that the world will still go on without us, revealing we may not have as much power and control as we might like to think. A.J. Soboboda once said in a teaching that the Sabbath steps on every idol that Americans worship, such as productivity, accomplishment, and achievement. The Sabbath is a weekly reminder that Jesus is Lord and we are not. Isaiah 58, 13-14 says, Do not work on the Sabbath day. Do not do just anything you want to on my holy day. Make the Sabbath a day you can enjoy. Honor the Lord's holy day. Do not work on it. Do not just do anything you want to. Do not talk about things that are worthless. Then you will find your joy in me, and I will give you control over the most important places in the land. And you will enjoy all the good things in the land I gave your father Jacob. The Lord has spoken. Isaiah 58 tells us that God honors our limitations through the gifts that come from this surrender of our control and our time. Walter Brueggemann's famous line about the Sabbath is that people who keep Sabbath live all seven days differently. And Ruth Haley Barton wrote, Sabbath is a way of arranging your life to honor the rhythm of things, work and rest, fruitfulness and dormancy, giving and receiving, being and doing, activism and surrender. The Sabbath isn't just one day, but it is a rhythm impacting each day. Another important element of the Sabbath is that it's a day to rest and worship. 
John Mark Comer describes worship as anything to index your heart toward grateful recognition of God's reality and goodness. To be able to rest in worship, we have to take care of our to-do list, the grocery shopping, and other responsibilities on other days of the week prior to the Sabbath. After I began practicing the Sabbath, I noticed that there was sadness within me that was revealed each Sunday. Slowing down and no longer being distracted by the busy week peeled back these emotions I had been avoiding during the week. Life had caught up to me. Even though this weekly rhythm brought out these uncomfortable feelings, they were necessary to be able to process and move through life's experiences. The way each of us practice Sabbath will look differently based on our circumstances and life stages. For example, a parent or caregiver of young kids will likely practice Sabbath differently than a single college student. For me, in the season of life I'm in, I practice Sabbath on Sundays. I wake up and pray, journal, and read scripture while drinking my more expensive coffee beans I've been saving for the Sabbath before coming to Garden City for our weekly gathering. I then spend time in the afternoon prioritizing rest and worship through a walk or a coffee date with a friend, a walk by myself to have space for listening prayer, or through reading a book. I avoid screens and do not open any social media apps and don't watch any shows or movies. So much of my practice has been learning what helps to stop and delight and what gets in the way of that goal. Personally, I've been working on not purchasing anything on the Sabbath, though in reality, I often forget and grocery shop after church. I also would love to have a period of time where I don't use my phone on the Sabbath, but I'm still working on that one. My practice of Sabbath usually doesn't go as planned, and it is a day to seek rest and worship through whatever might come. Some days feel peaceful and restful, and other days feel awkward as I try to figure out what rest on this day looks like and feels like for me. Practicing Sabbath is a gift of eating good food, setting boundaries with what we schedule or don't schedule. It's quality time with our communities, our families, and a break from our phones. It's a day for an abundance of laughter and naps and prayer. Your Sabbath may begin to be the day you find strength in, remembering this day is coming soon and the reason you can make it through your week. To start, write down a list with your family or roommate or spouse of what fills you with the most joy. Then set aside a consistent day during the week. Start where you're at. Maybe start with practicing Sabbath half the day. Or maybe you give up one thing that is not life-giving. Or maybe add one thing that brings your joy and rest in a posture of worship. Clear your schedule and turn off your phone. Invite Jesus to make you more aware of his presence. Then rest and worship. John Mark Comer encourages that we have to take into account our own personalities, our seasons of life, and areas we struggle with most for creating this rhythm of rest. Rest may take emotional energy and self-discipline, but it is worth the effort. People will notice who we are becoming as we prioritize rest. John Mark Comer asks, how would Jesus live if he were you and me, a student, a single man or a woman, a mother, a father, a wife, a husband, a teacher, a business person, and so much more? G.K. Chesterton wrote, it is the paradox of history that each generation is converted by the saints who contradict it most. Tyler Staten once shared in a teaching about this concept of contradicting revival. Revival is this word we use for spiritual awakening. I've often thought of revival as a massive or explosive movement. Instead, revival is something quiet and ordinary. It's something we are formed into. 
Tyler Staten shared that revival happens when a group of people allow such access to them that they are formed into a holy contradiction. Some historic revivals have looked intense, and we are living in a cultural moment characterized by intensity. I've often believed that I have to stay busy to prove my worth or success, or I have to stay busy to distract myself from the overwhelming fear and longings of my heart. If Jesus is going to cause revival through contradiction, it will be through joy, joy that has been cultivated through rest and gratitude. In our world, true rest is a contradiction. When God breathes on this community, it will look like joy that has been birthed through rest. To end, let's read Matthew 11, 28-30 again from Eugene Peterson's message, and let each word bring peace as you accept the invitation to true rest. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Thank you so much for joining me today. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.